Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, Colts fans, like and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Hickey alongside George Bremer. So, George, the Colts get the first one of the season. A lot of reasons to be happy. A lot of reasons to rejoice. You can feel good whether it's a Sunday night, a Monday morning, whenever you listen to it. Feel good. Have your chest puffed out. Have a smile on your face. This is this is something we have not felt so far in Colts land through three weeks and really, frankly, in a very long time going back to last year as well. But it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and roses, George. There were definitely some areas of concern. And really, the areas of concern were mostly on the offense. And really, between the offensive line and, and Matt Ryan, there were some areas that were, were super concerning, super ugly. Um, let's start with Matt, Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan's performance first here. Because he, in the end, to his credit, was clutch and did get the final drive in, in the end zone. But there was a lot of shakiness, a lot of inaccuracies, a lot of miscommunication Really, the first three and a half quarters, that is a little frustrating. You see, talking about, you know, a, a 37-year-old vet in his third game. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, he's got he's to take better care of the football. Uh, too many fumbles. I mean, the, the ball's just coming out too often. He'll be the first one to say that. Both of the Chiefs' touchdowns in this game were set up by short fields after Matt Ryan fumbles. Uh, one of them was on the fourth down. The Colts recover it, but it's fourth down, so it doesn't matter, and it's still basically a turnover, and the Chiefs go down, and that's their first score of the game. They miss the extra point, now it's a 7-6 game. They take the lead again when Matt Ryan doesn't feel the, the pressure behind him and, and fumbles away the ball deep in Kansas City to- territory. So when we talk about how great a defensive effort this was, they gave up three points without a short field from the offense making a mistake. Uh, Matt Ryan knows that that's not going to be good enough. There's, there's no way on earth that's acceptable, uh, and I know that's one of the things that, that they need to really work to to improve. Uh, but it all, even that part of this game, keeps coming back to this offensive line. You know, I said it before, things will improve with this football team when the offensive line improves. And again today, you know, through three quarters, the biggest problem is, is this offensive line. There were third downs. The Colts absolutely had no chance. People were busting through. The, the fourth down play, the third down that, that should have ended their game, you know, the one that Jones gets the penalty on, there were at least five. There might have been seven Chiefs in the backfield on on that after that sack. You you can't do that at this level. You can't do it at any level. I don't care if you're in high school. You can't do that. It's going to lead to to really bad offense. And uh, that to me is still the biggest like bugaboo moving forward. You've got to find a way. I think in the fourth quarter they they played with the tempo a little bit. They went a little quicker at times, and it seemed to slow down the defensive line a little bit. They got a little better protection doing that. Uh, but you can't do that all game. That's that's not going to work. Uh, they've got to find. To me, that's that's public enemy number one. You've got to find a way right now 
to shore up specifically that pass protection, but the run game too. Jonathan Taylor had 21 carries today. I know somebody on Twitter during the game was like, where's Jonathan Taylor? They were trying to get him involved in this game. They averaged three yards uh, an attempt. This is a football team that's been around five, even in bad games for the last couple of seasons. So, you know, the offensive line has got to, they've got to pick it up. That's still a, to me, that's still a sore spot for this football team. I mean, they showed a graphic during the game, George. It was like they were, you know, highlighting, you know, the highest yards per carry in NFL history, minimum 500 attempts. And there's Jonathan Taylor, like, I think it was 5.3 or 5.7. I forget the exact number, but he's well over five. And like you mentioned, they fed him the ball. I think he had like 10 carries after the first quarter. They fed him mm-hmm. early. It's just, you're right. There were not a lot of holes. He didn't have the ability to get kind of any momentum going. And that's a large part because this Colts offensive line wasn't <laughs> opening up many holes for him to kind of, you know, get through the first level and make a man miss and kind of get off to the races. But like you mentioned, go back to Matt Ryan's offensive line. It is, I don't personally, look, I'm not a coach. I'm not in the meetings. So I'm not sure if it's on like Ryan Kelly to be, you know, communicating better or it's on Matt Ryan to see the blitzes more and be on the same page. But there were free, uh, free blitzers running all throughout the offensive line all game, whether it's from the edge. And like you said, Matt Ryan doesn't see it. There's a few times where Jonathan Taylor's blocking to the left and there's a free rusher coming off for the right or vice versa, where there's a communication breakdown. The one you highlight, there's one, you know, uh, there's a few times the Chiefs weren't even disguising the blitzes they were doing. They're coming right up the A-gap, and there's Ryan Kelly going one way. The blitz is coming right up the middle. It's an easy sack for Matt Ryan, who's not going, you know, he's not fleet of foot, obviously. And it's just like, I don't know who that's on, if it's on, you know, if it's combination of Matt Ryan, the offensive line, or both. But whoever it is, you got to figure it out. Like, you've had all offseason. There's no excuses where there's injuries and, and, you know, guys were not, you know, on the same page. I know this is your first year in the system. But this is also game three, George. Like, you can't be having communication breakdowns and not having everyone on the same page for pass protection, especially when we're talking about a 37-year-old quarterback that can't run anywhere. And like you mentioned, the two fumbles, one of them especially, he was trying to make a run for it and get out of the pocket. He's holding the ball like a loaf of bread. He's not outrunning anyone on the defensive side. So you need better ball security, but also you need to give Matt Ryan at least a chance to stand up and be in the pocket and make a throw. And it's just maddening because it's fixable. It's correctable. But so far through three games, it's kind of like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and it's usually a team effort when that goes. I know that I, I haven't specifically asked them this year, but since Frank Reich's been here, the center's usually one calling the protections because they feel like the quarterback has enough on his plate and they don't want to put that there too. But you still got to be on the same page, obviously, together. You know, if, if Ryan Kelly's calling one protection and Matt Ryan's thinking in his head that it's another protection – you're going to get those kind of things happening. Um, it doesn't really matter why it's happening. It doesn't really matter who's to blame. It it just needs to stop. I mean, at this point, right. uh, it just needs fix to fix it any way you can. You know, it really needs to be fixed. But I think they saw this before. You go back to 2020 with Philip Rivers. Uh, there was a stretch early in that season, really a game in Cleveland that comes to mind in particular, mm-hmm. where they just had all sorts of protection problems and Rivers looked terrible because of it. You know, he couldn't get the ball out. I think he had a safety, I want to say, in that game or something silly happened around the goal line uh, where he you know, made a poor decision and, and it led to a really bad play for the team. And you, they were able to fix it that year and get things on track. Uh, and I think they're going to have confidence again with a veteran quarterback that they're going to be able to do it. But the time is now. There's no, there's no grace period here. You know what I mean? There's no leeway. Uh, it's, it's gone on for t- far too long already. And it, it just it needs to end. And I guarantee you, Tennessee, and not to preview next week's pod, but I guarantee you, Tennessee will take advantage of an offensive line playing uh, the way it has for, for much of this season. 
I mean, this, I honestly, we're talking about the highest paid offensive line in the NFL, George. And here we are after game three, still talk about their horrendous performance. And I even thought early on when Spags wasn't blitzing and it was just four on five or even five on five, I thought the Colts like, did a decent job at pass protection early on mm-hmm. and giving Matt Ryan time when it was just kind of almost 1v1. But then later in the game, they started, you know, struggling. You had Danny Pinter getting beat like a drum sometimes. Look, Chris Jones, I get it, is a tough guy to, to slow down. But also, too, even like you have examples like fourth and one, and they get stuck. John Taylor gets stuffed. Like, this, you cannot be getting stuffed on fourth and one, getting yeah. needed one yard with your all pro running back at Jonathan Taylor with an offensive line that's getting paid the money they're paying, like getting paid. You, like you said, just fix it. You have to be able to get some sort of push and get a first down. And their credit later on in the game in the final drive, and Matt Ryan had a QB sneak on fourth and one, they were able to get a push. But it's like the, the fact that here we are still talking about inconsistent pass protection, miscommunications, not even being able to get a yard on fourth and one. It's maddening. And this team's going to only go as far as our offensive line can take them. And even still in a win, we're still talking about a lot of the struggles. And that's one of the really the areas we point to of concern. It, it's unbelievable, honestly, George. Yeah, there's going to be no consistency for this offense until that's fixed. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. As long as they continue to to have these breakdowns, uh, you just can't have a consistent offense at this level without your offensive line taking care of business. You know, it, when it's a snap-to-snap situation, as it has been for most of the year, uh, this this is the results that you're going to get. And it, honestly, if if they had better protection and they they opened some holes for, Matt, for Jonathan Taylor, they might have run – one going away today which is crazy to think but that's with the mistakes the Chiefs made you know if this offense is consistent at all and and is moving the ball and and getting the end zone you know now there were some good things I mean I think there were two for two in the red zone or two for three in the red zone so uh you know that's that's a big step forward I think they were better for the most part on third down today than than they have been uh even with it's the problem is when they're not good on third down they have no chance like I think that's the biggest issue when they miss on third down it's because free rushers came through and hit Matt Ryan before he even really stopped his drop. So you can't, you can't be that uncompetitive on snaps. You know what I mean? Um, you just, you've got to give yourself a chance. You've got to give yourself a chance to, to, to move on to the next play. Uh, Matt Ryan's side of that for sure is holding on to football. He's just got to take better care of the football. He cannot get, I think he's fumbled seven, seven or eight times now uh, and lost two or three of them. That's, obviously is not sustainable that's got to end uh but part of that too is this this offensive line is again the highest paid offensive line in the league uh you know they take pride in in being the engine for this team they they need to get better they just they need to 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 live up to their standard especially for the fumbles of Matt Ryan as a veteran he he needs to know better as well. like yeah. you have to feel the rush you have to tuck that ball you cannot be holding it out or, you know, not sensing a guy behind you have to be a, have better pocket presence and better ball security. Like I said, like getting sacked is one thing and it's a killer, but getting sacked and fumbling and giving the Chiefs uh, a short field, giving the Texans a short field, you can't be doing that and winning ball games consistently. That's for sure. Is it time, George? Like this is now again, <coughs> excuse me, we're sitting here after three games, still concerned with offensive line. Do you consider making a change? You know, I wonder if they did this week. I I asked Marcus Brady on Tuesday if they if there were any personnel changes coming on the offensive line. His answer was kind of evasive. He basically said, "Not at this point. You guys will know when it happens." And I wonder if the Raymond injury kind of stopped some of that. I don't know. It's total conjecture on my part. I want to put that out there right now. I don't want to see any George Bremer reports headlines after <laughs> this. But I just I, I do because 
you know, the rookie was out today. We know that he didn't play. He was injured all week. I think he practiced one day limited uh, out of the three. So uh, ankle injury, I don't know how long that's going to be when he's going to be back, but I wonder if that kind of fouled up some of those plans uh, in, in any way they might, whether it's putting him at right guard, whether it's maybe moving around some other guys and, and figuring out a way to do that. Uh, but I do think it's definitely it's it's well past the time to to take a really long, hard evaluation of where this offensive line is at and where it needs to be going forward. I was going to say, because obviously, you, you know, you've been at practice, you can kind of see, would Raymond be able to play guard? Like if they're going to make a change, it's not going to be Quentin Nelson, obviously, or Ryan Keller, Braden Smith. it's going to probably be Danny Painter at right guard. Could he slide yeah. in at right guard? I, I think Pryor's a better fit there. So I think okay. the question becomes, you know, is do you feel confident enough in Raymond at left tackle? And I don't know what their answer is. They obviously felt confident enough to send him out there a few times. They, you know, he's when he's healthy, he's had a few series, uh, right. played pretty much most of the fourth quarter against Jacksonville. Honestly, he was he was a left tackle and obviously got injured at some point during that. Uh, but I think that's the bigger question is, do you feel confident with him at left tackle? Uh, because I thought Matt Pryor had a decent game today. I know you're going to look at the stats Same. and say you're nuts, but he really wasn't a big part of the problem. I thought he did a good job today. Uh, you just, you've got to figure out something in the interior there. And specifically with Danny Pinner, he's struggling right now. It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. As good as he was at center last year, it really doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be struggling the way he is at right guard. Obviously, Chris Jones has a lot to do with that. But guess what? Jeffrey Simmons is on the other side next week. It doesn't yep. get any easier in this league. No. Uh, so, I look, you know, what are they going to do? I don't know. Uh, but I think they're, those discussions, I imagine, are happening. Uh, and if not, they need to. Yeah, and you look to uh, to the future schedule. I wonder if this all is going to kind of work, you know, in the Colts thinking. Obviously, the Titans coming up next Sunday. Then you have the short week going on the road to Denver on that following Thursday. So especially with, with Raymond's injury, he right now is still kind of, you know, slow to get back and maybe he's not fully healthy next week. If you're thinking about a change, you probably wait till after week five against the Broncos when you have that, you know, mini buy in about 10 yeah. days or so. To, if you're going to make a change, you would think maybe that's the time to kind of you know, orchestrate an offensive line change. But like you said, something has to something has to change if this offensive line cannot turn it around. The only thing I wonder, not to because Danny Pinter's been bad for sure. The one thing I do wonder, especially when it comes to communication in his play, no one really plays in the preseason. Other Colts played more in the preseason than most other teams, but we're still talking about at max they played a quarter. I wonder if these first, you know, really the first month of the season, you still kind of see teams working the rust off and especially the offensive line. I wonder if this, and I'm hoping. This is a unit that maybe is still just kind of, you know, now knocking the rust off. And you hope, like, starting, obviously, starting Sunday against the Titans, they could kind of clean it up and tighten it up. Otherwise, like I said, if we're sitting here week four and week five and it's still a problem and they're still concerned with the offensive line, a change has to be made. At that point, there's no more waiting. But, That's a good um, point. That's a really good point. And we've seen that with Frank Reich's teams. You know, I think a lot of times the reasons for the September struggles are the offensive line's not quite where it needs to be yet. It's not as bad as it's been so far this year, but it's not where they want it to be. And and I do think that that's a really good point. That's something that you got to keep your eye on. Uh, and just, but I think the, the, the good news, you know, kind of negative this segment for the first time this year, they have like a lot of really positive things to build on. You've got that final drive. You've got an outstanding performance from the defense. You've got a great game from the special teams. Like I think for the first time this year, they can go to practice on Wednesday and and have a foundation that they can feel good about. You're right. And I hope George, like, 
you know, you do feel like kind of the world is caving in when you tie the Texans week number one, then you lose to the Jaguars. Like it's very easy to get down and and lose confidence. You almost hold like this week, you just kind of get the monkey off their back and have them playing free now going forward and kind of like, oh, okay, we could do it. You know, we, we've seen it before. We, we got the clutch, you know, drive. We got the clutch stop we needed. And you hope that kind of this win over a really, really good Chiefs team kind of help inject some life going forward here, especially they're going to need it with the Titans coming to town this time next Sunday. Final thing I want to mention here, George, before we wrap up the uh, the postgame pod is this. I think it's pretty obvious. This Colts offense is not going to be explosive whatsoever. If they're going to drive down and score touchdowns, if they're going to make plays, it's going to come at seven, eight, you know, nine uh, yard chunks at a time. There's going to be very few times outside of a busted coverage or maybe a broken tackle we're going to see 30, 40-yard plays outside of really trying to tell it. This, especially in the passing game, it's been really dink or dunk, five, six, seven yards at a time. And like you mentioned, if they're struggling on third down, this offense does not have a prayer. Yeah, well, and I think, again, that all goes back to the line. Like, I agree also with what true. you said, uh, but I just – there's not time right now to take deep shots. There just isn't. You know what Very I mean? And, and it can change when when you get some time in the pocket. It's – it's really incredible how how different things could look in a few weeks if, if they can get things together up front. If they can get that unit together, uh, this offense could – you could feel a lot differently about it. But as I said coming into this week, I need to see tangible results. We can talk about what's possible till we're blue in the face, uh, and that's fine. That You can back it up with, with, with whatever numbers that you want to, but at some point you need to see it on the field. I think that's what was big for Jelani Woods and Alec Pierce. There's no more – conjecture with them you've seen them do it in huge moments here today that you need that right now from the offensive line they need to go out there you know you could say well the final drive they were pretty good and they were they need to build on that and they need to put it together for a full 60 minutes like i said hopefully this is a a confidence boosting win for the colts a much much needed win and a very unexpected win a very unexpected happy Blue Horseshoe post-game pod here as the Colts do beat the Chiefs 20-17. Get their first win of the season. Uh, Now they are 1-1-1 on the year. 